0: Welcome to another edition of Virginia Tech First Generation Unscripted. I am your host, Alex Parrish, sitting here virtually on Zoom with two other friends.
1: Hi, good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Charmaine Troy, Program Director for First Generation Student Support. Welcome, welcome.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Kayla St. Clair, and I serve as Senior Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admissions at Virginia Tech, and I'm excited to be chatting with you all today.
0: All right. We're happy to have everybody together. And as I said, we are, uh, because we are living in the age of the coronavirus, we are socially distant. So we are miles from one another. Uh, audio might be a little bit different. And also, uh, we, we may have that weird thing that happens on Zoom where somebody starts talking at the same time as somebody else. And then we have to have that weird interchange where we're like, oh, no, no, you, but, but no, you, you got but I, it, like that. So we'll try to avoid that. But um that's, that's what Zoom is like. So uh, today on the First Generation Student Podcast, we are going to talk about success stories. So uh, we're, we're very lucky to have uh, two people uh, other than myself here today who have worked directly with students and who still work directly with students. Uh, so we want to hear about some of the students that they have seen who have uh, maybe come in uh, looking at the college experience and weren't really sure it was for them. And then uh, maybe found their way uh, into the experience and even succeeded and flourished so um, dr troy, i'll start out with you since you are my um, brave and frequent co host um, any uh any uh, ideas any any student stories that you have that uh, you can remember from your past experiences
1: so uh A wonderful success story that I had was about a first-generation student. Uh, She was a, well, she is a presidential scholar at Virginia Tech. And um, she um, decided to become more involved with uh, first-generation student support and the work that we did. And um, I feel like her involvement, because she came not only involved in first-gen student support, but also more involved Um, in on-campus organizations and taking leadership positions in those organizations and she will also also come and visit me um, quite often and just sit down and have conversations about you know life and her experiences on campus and I do believe that her um, her choice to come and not only be more involved in first-gen student supports work and uh, other organizations but also just coming to Talk um, and get to know the, the staff members, uh, which is myself and first gen student support, and having those conversations with me and getting advice. Um, I thought that was a successful experience for her because, um, you know, having those connections and meeting other faculty and staff and becoming more involved in campus life, uh, you know, it made her more successful academically. Um, her GPA. Uh, went up, she already had a good g p a but it went up even more um, just being more involved
0: so would you say um like being part of more part of her community like being involved in the community that kind of has like a like a holistic effect on um how uh, her academic um, uh, success goes and and also personally i guess
1: i I do believe so because I think that being involved in in campus life um does contribute to that holistic development, and it also gives you buy-in into the campus and and being you know connected to the campus. Um, it makes you feel like you belong. It, it taps into that sense of belonging piece, and you become more comfortable on campus, and you know you can become more successful in the classroom. I do think that contributes to, to students being more successful in the classroom when they have. Uh, that sense of belonging and you know that tie to campus because when they don't feel like they belong to campus that they belong on this campus or not feeling connected then a lot of times they may want to go home right
2: so um, my role in undergraduate admissions for the past five years has been of our coordinator for our diversity and inclusion programming, um, which includes an overnight in the spring uh, for students who have been offered admission that identify as underrepresented and underserved, as well as in the fall, another overnight program um, for seniors that are looking to apply to Virginia Tech that identify as underrepresented and underserved. So I had a student who attended The spring program, which is called Gateway, in 2016, and she ended up enrolling at Virginia Tech, and I get to have the pleasure of, um, you know, staying in touch with some students throughout their time at Virginia Tech, but um, this particular student I actually wasn't in contact with during her time um, at the institution, but she actually sent me a very lovely thank you note after she graduated in 2019, so in three years, she graduated with her bachelor's in political science, and she talked about how the Gateway program um, really gave her that opportunity to see herself fitting in a higher education setting, so just how Dr. Troy is talking about that feeling of belonging, that sense of belonging, um, you know, that's exactly what Gateway did for this student, and it allowed her to not only you know complete her degree in three years, but she also ended up joining um, an advising core organization where she's actually back at her high school uh, that she graduated from. And she's serving as a college advisor for a rural population. Um, and so she actually as a college advisor came to the program that is hosted in the fall this past year with a group of students from her high school. So it was really that full circle moment of what college access can do for a student um, and really promoting that sense of belonging beyond her graduation, but really making sure that her students feel that sense of belonging and know that they can be a part of a higher education setting. Um, I think oftentimes we don't think of certain students as fitting into the narrative, um, but there is space for every single student um, really at any kind of institution.
0: There was a common thread that ran through what um, both of you were, were talking about, and that is the whole idea of belonging. So how is it that you give someone a sense of belonging, especially like on a large college campus like Virginia Tech? Like maybe you're not going to know, you know all 20,000 students on campus, but how do, you, how do you help students to find a place where they feel like they're, they belong maybe in a smaller group within the larger group?
2: Yeah, um, I don't really know if there's, you know, like an exact science behind it or anything like that, but I think it's making sure that a student feels like they can be their authentic selves. I think that's what um, many of us who are, who are educators in a higher education setting want for our students. We want to make sure that they can come here and know that they've earned the spot um, that they're, that they're in, you know, that they are allowed to be here, they're supposed to be here, and it's not, um, you know, we don't want them to come here and say, why am I here? We want them to say hey I worked hard and I deserve every single bit of this and so I think it's really just making sure that students know that they can own it um, and that they can own who they are, where they're at, and just finding those people that bring out the best in them and leaving any situations that may not bring out who they are authentically.
0: Dr. Troy any input from you on that like how to help people find belonging?
1: Sure, I think it's uh, giving students the opportunity to engage in different spaces to see where they do feel comfortable in. Um, And, you know, that's the reason why uh, the First Generation Student Support uh, Program tries to create so many um, different opportunities for them to engage. And also with peer mentoring, just uh, having even uh, someone assigned to you who can actually introduce you to campus culture anymore, answer any questions that you may have, and they may, you know, the peer mentor uh, may become uh, your new best friend, or they may, you know, take you to an event, um, you know, take you to a organization that you may have interest in, and you may meet your new best friend in there. So uh, just give them those opportunities um, to engage, because I think without social engagement, then you won't be able to create a sense of belonging without some type of engagement uh, engagement into campus life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there, uh, Gail, did you say something? Sorry, Zoom.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna echo what Dr. Troy said that, you know, finding those spaces that you can be your authentic self. Um, so whether it's first-generation student support, um, cultural and community centers on a college campus. Um, if the gym is the place where you feel like your best self, just really trying to find that place and keep trying until you find it.
0: All right. There's a something I want to talk about um, based on what Kayla just said, but I want to come back to that for the parents part. Um, but before we go to part two where we get into sort of the parents sides of this parent side of this thing. Um, It's time to do our trivia question. So every time we do this podcast, we ask a trivia question uh, and then we'll come back and give the answer later. All right, so today's trivia question is a multiple choice option. And um, so these are three people. And the question is this, which of these three people was a first generation student? All right, so here's the three people. Person number one, Michelle Obama. Person number two, Albert Einstein. And person number three, Ben Carson. All right. Michelle Obama, Albert Einstein, Ben Carson. Which of those people were a first-generation student? And we're going to come back to the answer to that question uh, in just a little bit, but uh, right now we want to come back around. We want to talk about The parent side of the first generation student experience. And to lead into that, uh, I want to start out with um, something that came to my mind when when Kayla was talking about um, students who feel like uh, they need to, you know, feel like that they earned their place, you know, it wasn't an accident they were there. Because here's my question, and this is just because this is who I was. So let's say that you are a first generation student. Um, let's say uh, your, your parents may think, you know, college would be of great benefit to you, but maybe you weren't like top of your class. Maybe you're like middle of your class. Maybe you're like bottom of the middle of your class. Um, but, you know, you're, you've talked to your parents and maybe your parents have, have, con- have convinced you um, that you should give this thing a try, you know, because you could be the first person in your family to do it. How do you advise somebody or help parents whose whose, um, student may be reluctant even to try this out? If they haven't been a great student, but their parent maybe sees potential or you see potential in them, like how do you get them started on the path where they can help their student, maybe even just start to visualize themselves as uh, a more able learner than the student even sees of themselves?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question, Alex. Um, I know that I kind of, I resonate with my personal story when you mentioned that because my parents were teen parents when they had me um, and I grew up with my mom always telling me you're going to go to college um, but not with the expectation that Um, you know, she would be able to guide me through the process or she would be able to pay uh, for college. And so a lot of it was me doing my own research. Um, My mom was always supportive, even if she didn't know the exact steps I should be taking at any given time. And so I think just making sure parents know that you don't have to have all the answers um, to all the questions. I think it's just being there for your student to be a sounding board, um you know to advise them to go talk to a counselor at school Um, to advise them to go to that college's website and look something up, Um, you know, because you don't have to know all the information, especially since we can look anything up nowadays, and I think that's something that's really important and something that I often tell students and families is, you know, they may not know exactly what you're going through, but your parent or your family members, they're going to be rooting for you no matter what, even if they don't completely understand the experience.
0: Yeah, just uh, because because it's been a while since we did the introductory portion of this program. Uh, parents and students, Kayla is uh, an admissions officer. So uh, she works in admissions at Virginia Tech. And, and she probably would be a great person to talk to if you are trying to figure out how, how to navigate, like, uh, helping students find their motivation. So, Dr. Troy, what about your perspective on that, like parents trying to motivate their, their student?
1: Um, I think that parent motivation is very key um, for a student's success. Um, because knowing that you have your parents behind you, um, and doing the, uh, you know, and behind you and, and do, you know, pursuing your education and doing this work, um, it, it is very key. I've seen, uh, some situations where, you know, parents are really engaged and behind them, and I see some, uh, you know, some students who have, uh, the family achievement guilt, um, where, you know, they are feeling guilty because they have left home and, you know, not with their parents anymore and guilty about being in college. Um, I think it's very necessary for a parent to really step in and show that student support, especially if they are feeling um, family guilt. Um, but I also have to remind parents, especially when I used to advise, is I always have, have to remind parents that this is your student's journey uh, and let them experience that journey, let it be their authentic journey, not yours. Um, So that way, you know, that student can really have more of an imprint on what they uh, do in college because the student only gets really one college journey. So uh, just making sure that parents are supportive of that journey, senior students, you know, care packages, cute notes, uh, text, call, um, just check in, um, and encourage the students, like Kayla was talking about, you know, uh, um, if they have any questions or anything like that, encourage them to go speak to a faculty member or a staff member, um, to get assistance.
0: Okay, and Kayla, uh, we talked earlier, I think you said you knew of a a few parents' success stories, because you do work directly with both parents and students. Is there anything you can uh, think of, like a few parent stories that you could tell for a good example of how parents might navigate this whole process?
2: Yeah, I think that um, it's really important to just get your questions answered, um, to feel comfortable with, you know, where your student's going to be, especially if they're coming um, from further away. I have had the, I, I feel very lucky that I still have parents whose students are either have graduated or getting ready to graduate that I've been in touch with for the past four plus years now, um, who reach back out and ask me, you know, how things are going and update me on their students' journeys. Um, And I think that that's something that, you know, knowing that your admissions officer or knowing that a high school counselor um, really cares is important. Um, And just knowing that we're always here to answer questions. But I've had parents who, you know, come at, come with an email that has probably 20 questions, and usually you'll read quite a few apologies throughout the email um, saying, you know, I'm really sorry that I'm asking this, or I'm sorry if this is a really simple question or a dumb question, and I really push back on that. I don't want anybody to ever apologize for getting their questions answered, um, I tell that to students all the time at college fairs when they apologize for asking a question, um, it's really important, no matter how big or how small the question is, to get it answered so you'll feel comfortable about where your student ends up.
0: It reminds me, Dr. Troy, I think, didn't we say we were going to have a stupid question segment? Like, you feel like you're going to ask stupid questions here Will we ask all the stupid questions at once?
1: You know, I always tell parents and students that uh, no question is a dumb question. So. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's what I'm here for. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you ask all the questions that you have yeah so hey
0: Kayla I, I want to ask you something because we've been talking about success stories and good parents I, I have to think that there are sometimes like especially if you go to a college fairs and some forth or so, or so forth um, like a student shows up with their parents do you ever have a time where a parent steps up and you think oh this person thinks I am trying to trick them or, like, they get, they come in with, like, a defensive stance, like, all right, admissions person, we're going <laughs> to see how smart you are. Like, do you ever have those situations?
2: Yeah, and um, it's not uncommon <laughs> to have some parents or um, family members that kind of want to um, challenge you a little bit at the table or really learn more about um What your knowledge is and I know that that's something at the very beginning of my career. I kind of struggled with because I was straight out of undergrad so automatically my age was kind of held against me. Now I've been around for a while so not so much anymore, but um, The biggest way that I my strategy in those situations is to really redirect to the student as much as possible. Um, so if a, a parent or a family member is kind of overstepping, answer, asking all the questions, asking questions that um, you know don't really seem to be important to the student's college admission journey, um, just redirecting it back to the student and asking them what they're looking for. And then there's also the parents or family members that stand back from the table who um, sometimes they don't feel like they have a place to be at the table and ask those questions. And so that's something that has a strategy too and something that I always try and implement is pulling them into the conversation. Um, So if I see that family that's kind of still listening to what I'm saying, um, but they're kind of tucked back away from the table, encouraging them to come over and listen to the same, uh, you know, same information that their student is getting. I think that can be really important and really supports what Dr. Troy was saying of, you know, making sure that, they know what's going on and that they can be their student's biggest cheerleader.
0: Yeah, I I was going to say that. I'm glad you brought that in there because Dr. Troy had mentioned um, that the student needs to own their own experience. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and and especially if you, if you're talking to someone at a table who does seem to be like stepping out ahead of their students, like at some point parents, sorry, this this student has to learn to own this experience and make it their own. So I, I think that's, that's like a, a hard thing, especially for for parents of first-generation students, because by definition, um, you may not have had any part of that experience. So it may feel like you're sending your student out into this like cold and cruel, unknown, <laughs> hazardous, vicious world of yeah. college, which is not what Virginia Tech is at all, right?
2: Yeah, and something that I love that I actually heard from a colleague at another institution um, is to implement one day a week that you're talking to your student about college and I think that this can be really important for first generation families too because not only does it ease a student's anxiety but it's likely to ease your anxiety as a parent or primary guardian or a family member because you're designating just one day a week um, maybe a college Sunday where that's your day to talk about it because as your student approaches 12th grade they're going to be asked where they're applying, where they're going, where they got into, what major they want, um, on almost a daily basis. And it can be pretty intimidating, especially for students who don't quite have it all figured out. And it is okay to not have it all figured out at 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, heck, even 25 years old, it's okay to not have it all figured out. And so we want to make sure that, you know, you're creating that space where a student can come home and be free of those expectations and those questions, and maybe just you know designate a few hours, one day a week, to talk about what those options look like.
1: Yeah, recently I had a parent who sent me an email and you know said, "Hi, Dr. Troy. You know, I, my son's been accepted to a Virginia Tech. I honestly, from this acceptance now, I honestly don't know what's next mm-hmm. and what I should be helping my student do and what he should be doing now that he's been accepted." Um, and I really appreciate her honesty um, about number one, helping her son and, and helping him navigate what that net, those next steps are. And so, um, you know, I always thank them for their emails and I always say, you know, I'm so glad that you reached out to me with that question. You know, so here's a list, you know, of the things that, you know, admissions said that you need to do next you know, or, you know, orientation says that you need to do next, or if your son's going to be in uh, the School of Liberal Arts, you know, this is what you need to do, you know, for them as well, and so, and providing them with that information, and just making them feel comfortable that they can always come back to me, and, you know, and ask those questions. Yeah, and,
2: oh, I was going to say, Alex, that higher education is full of Language that um, doesn't make sense if you haven't been a part of it. Um, you know, there's acronyms out there. There's things called a Bursar that would never be called a Bursar in other situations. What is a Bursar, and, Kayla? <laughs> um, bursar is the one that takes all your money. Um, no, but they <laughs> they help make sure that you're always in good standing with your payments or um, anything like that. So they they have a very important function at the university. They help process your scholarship payments especially from outside sources Um, so they're very important but you know that's where sometimes students who aren't first-generation who have grown up in a household where parents or guardians or family members went to college that person knows who to call in what situation so for our first gen students it's that idea of not only are you navigating a new place but you're navigating a new system you're navigating new vocabulary um you know and it's all in a place that you know you may be feeling a little bit of, of imposter syndrome of why am i here and so that's where like Dr. Troy was saying, it's so important um, to ask questions, no matter what they are, and for us as professionals to be really grateful that you feel comfortable coming to us to ask those questions.
1: Yes, I actually had a student, uh, she sent me, she actually emailed me just about every day, um, and her questions were more from a student perspective, it was more of a student lens, you know, like hokey spa and things like that that stuff I'm unable to answer because (laughs) I don't know, you know, what goes on with Hokie Spa as far as signing up and everything like that, so this is where the peer mentors are great, and this is where they came in at, because I said, hey, I got some peer mentors, let me connect you with one, and the peer mentor was like, absolutely, sure, I can help her, call her up, walk her through it, you know, so you have one of your peers, you know, actually helping me out because I don't know anything about from, again, a student lens. These are, this, these are the lenses of, you know, um, walking through a hokey spa or um, how to pay your, your bill or whatever, and I don't, you know, I don't know how to go into the system and do those things. I know that's what you got to do, but to tell you what button to click or where to go, that's better answered by a student. So this is why the peer mentor uh, program is, is really key.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm sure everybody has kind of come to expect this in the last few months. But um, we know that this is a time where uh, parents and students are trying to uh, get all that stuff done that will get you into your college, whatever look that looks like in the fall, um, and that all the personnel in college campuses, like we're all working in weird and strange and different ways right now too. That may require a little more patience than you really want to give, but do uh, do remember that we. Uh, like I've never met anybody at Virginia Tech who wants to see students fail or, or mm-hmm. uh, hates to see them coming. So we wanna we wanna help you succeed, uh, but it may require a little bit more patience here in these coronavirus times that we are living in. Uh, but just uh, be patient and um, and ask you know ask students current students that you might know or friends, like you may be able to navigate with uh, a little bit of community approach there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time to answer our trivia question. So the, remember the trivia question was, um, which of these people were a first gen student, Michelle Obama, Albert Einstein, Ben Carson, members of the panel. Do you, do you have a guess?
1: Michelle Obama.
2: was going to be Kayla, my guess, think? Dr. Troy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my guess is Michelle Obama as well.
1: All right.
0: Well, it was a trick question. They were all first-generation
2: students. (laughs) 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 I should have known that you were going to be tricky.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Kayla's known me for a little while. She should have known better, (laughs) but that's true. Ben Carson, Albert Einstein, Michelle Obama, all three were first-generation students. So if that is the classification that you fall into, you're in good company, not to mention all three people in this podcast. So there you go, or at least two of them, maybe, maybe not me. (laughs) (laughs) all right well we are at time we thank you very much for um listening to us again today um sorry for the very long break that we have had uh coronavirus and a number of other factors have have caused life to get a little bit wacky uh but we are back and dr troy and i uh, are committed to to keep on doing this um and we will be back we are going to go once a month right dr troy that's right yeah so we'll we'll have a fun new guest for you next time i still think we should do the stupid question segment because i think i could really fill that out i'm there for you <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for visiting and we'll see you next time on the virginia tech first generation podcast <laughs>